And welcome, guys. It's here. We've hit double digits. This is episode 10 of the Perlo Podcast. Top 10 list from the South Carolina Low Country. Your double digit world famous listers are here. Mathis is here. Do we get a set of steak knives now? <laughs> like, like that burger challenge? Adam? <laughs> are we getting paid for this? Uh, we have monetized <laughs> this for pennies. And Here's I am your host. Question. Why are we the listeners? Listers. <laughs> listers. You say listeners, though. No, I say listers. Well, you don't pronunciate it very well. The word I just made up, pronunciate. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty your, sure that's not the word. And I'm your host, Shane. The, do- the doctorate of English will tell us exactly how to say that word. The format the of the makes show, his own words. If you have not listened to the show yet, the format of this show is real simple. These two guys are... Have been given a topic. They have a couple days to prepare for it, and they have to create a top ten list uh, based on that topic. And tonight's topic is likable villains. It could be movie, TV, right, series, any of those things. So we got likable villains as our subject tonight. Very excited. I think this was reading over the list. This might be the most fun one that we have done, fellas. Dude, I'm gonna say when you when I got it, I was like, "This really sucks." And then I did it in like ten minutes because for some there's part there's something about guys, even though they know they're bad, it's still they're still fun and they're still and I guess because it gives them some freedom. But I was, I mean, I finished this one faster than I think I've done any of them. And we all know how much I love documentaries because my you know pocket protector makes it easier to get my pen out to write them down as I watch them. (laughs) Yes, it does, and it prevents stains. And I, and I and when I was reading over these guys, there was some I was like, oh, heck, yeah. And I want to like run through a wall. So excited because of the pick. And I can't wait to talk about them and express my like for those characters, too. Um, uh, before we get into the list from the listers, that's the correct pronunciate. Is that what you said? That 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 pronunciation was great. And you enunciated it correctly. It was based on how you sound. So. <laughs> That's cool. I know they don't really work on those vocabulary skills where my friend, my good buddy Adam went to school. Uh, they mostly taught us things like, uh, you know, soil maintenance and things like that. <laughs> also, how, also how to tell the police officer my daddy's in well, no, no, no. You say, do you, no, no, no. You start with, do you know who my dad is? And then you work your way from there. <laughs> Guys, news of the day. Well, I guess it's not of today. I guess this news was just dropped uh, yesterday or the day before. The Masters are going to be played in November this year. Well, thank God they're smarter than the people in Charleston. Have you heard when they want to run the Dadgum Bridge run? I have not. August. 10th. Okay, that's going to be pretty cold that day. Yeah, I think August tenth. Exactly how many ambulances are going to be available after COVID? Because we're going to need all of them. Because other than the fifteen Kenyans they pay to be there. Everybody else is going to die. Yeah, you know, every year they have those fat ladies who want to walk it, and they're just going to be just sweating grease out of their foreheads and collapsing on the bridge. I told you, I'm going to make it this year. I told Brenda we're going to walk the bridge, and they they finish in like a solid 19 hours. (laughs) The Kenyans are back on the plane. The Kenyans are back on the plane to Nairobi by the time. You know, my father, father, a couple of years ago, who's had multiple heart stents put in, decided that he was going to do it out of the blue with no training, decided to do it. And we literally, my mom, thank God, went down there 
And the rest of us were on standby, like we were at NASA waiting to see if Apollo hit the moon. You know, whether or not this fool was going to keel over. We were like, he's insane. What is he doing? How far is he? And he made it. His face looked like a tomato at the end, but he made it. Here's the part. Here's the part they don't tell you about the bridge run. It doesn't end when you cross the bridge. Like you get down there in the finish line, you got to run through downtown, and it's like so. You're like, oh, I guess it ends the bridge. Yeah, there's another about a mile and a half. Oh, you get done with it. Yeah, I did a I did a five k mm-hmm. one year, and I don't know why. <laughs> at the uh, Columbia Crawfish Festival, and it was one of the worst things I've ever been a part of. Oh man, Columbia has some great festivals. The chili cook off in October, crawfish festival right there in Rosewood. They, they've, yeah, they've, it's a city made of hills. It's like Rome. Yeah, it's like Rome. <laughs> 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 all right, guys, let's get into the list. All right. So, notable omissions. All right, of our topic tonight, which is likable villains. First notable omission gets a recent bump. Right, a recent, a recent bump is Ruth Langmore from Ozark. I'm guessing neither of you watched Ozark. Somebody else needs to. T- somebody needs to take this because I don't watch Ozark. I know everybody in America does, and we need to start. But I'm too busy binging uh, how to fix a drug scandal because if you hadn't seen that. A woman makes crack from confiscated drugs. It's right, I'm watching Community right now, so I'm way out of the loop. Oh my god! All right, well, you guys, <laughs> the, the list, the listeners of these listers, the listeners are definitely screaming like, "Yeah, Ruth Langmore, she is likable." How does she not make your list? And that's because y'all aren't watching it. All right, next. Next, <laughs> a comedian, a comedic likable villain, Dr. Evil. Yeah, I thought about putting him on there, and then I realized, like, man, do I actually like any of the Austin Powers movies? And then I realized I like a little bit of the first one, and then if you've seen the first Austin Powers movie, you've seen the other two. I can appreciate that Dr. Evil is a likable villain because – it's a parody of Bond villains, but by the same token, you have to pick one of the 12 characters Mike Myers plays in that film. And I also wonder this, when you have people playing multiple characters like that, is that the first sign the movie's not very good? <laughs> mm-hmm. ah, well, I'll tell you what, Coming to America is pretty good, and they play a lot of characters, all right? That, that, would, be, that would be the notable exception to that particular all rule. Right. You're absolutely Notab- right. Another notable obsession. We have four tonight. The third one is Detective Alonzo Harris from Training Day. That's a good one. I thought about putting him on my list. That is a great one. I mean, and he he absolutely deserves that. Because tell me, you haven't said something about one time in your life, like said King Kong ain't got shit on me. I mean, everybody has said that at some point, and he's he, it's a good pick. He didn't make my list, but he did, I thought about All it. Right, and the last one, Killmonger from Black Panther. Killmonger's good. I did. I see. I I don't find him likable. I mean, I think he's tragic in some level, but I don't find him. I don't think to myself, man, I really have a beer with Killmonger. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, like I said, I feel like he was an utterly tragic character because he got forced into that life. Um, And you feel bad for him, but I don't know. Like, you want him to lose to Black Panther, but you don't want him to lose. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want him to lose everything. Like, you want him to, to, for Black Panther to get his, his role back. At, at, you know, in charge of Wakanda, but you don't want Killmonger to die, I guess. Well, you don't there think you he go. deserves to die. Um, and, and I'll be honest, the only thing I do blame Killmonger for is he made me think a lot of people in my life were smarter than they actually are. Because I saw on Facebook, they kept having his big quote, you know, 
my, they knew that they jumped off the slave ships. They knew that, you know, death was better than bondage. And I was like, that's some really deep stuff from some people who aren't very bright. And then I realized that they stole it from a movie. And I was like, you son of a gun. That, mm, I was so classic. That. All right. So let's get into the list. We're going to start with Adam today as we've been starting with Mathis recently. So number Because I'm prettier. <laughs> you definitely have less hair today. Only, only for now. <laughs> number three hundred forty-six. Counting down, brother. Number ten on Adam's list. I can't wait to be free. And this guy, to me, is not likable <laughs> at all. But apparently, you think he is, and maybe some of our listeners will. Number ten is Hans Gruber. I thought Hans Gruber was likable in just a way that he's just That's he's so bad. McLean plan to take not McLean <laughs> to take Nakatomi Plaza. I just I don't know why. And I think it's more of an Alan Rickman thing than it is a Hans Gruber thing, but I just like him. I don't want him to succeed, but I don't want him to die at the same time. And he really does die, like in a bad yes, way. Yes, sir, he does. I, I, feel, I feel like he's cool in the sense of, like, he's utterly non-stressed the entire time, but he's also he's he's whiny to me in some level. Like, it's it's a superiorness I don't love in that one. It's every out. Alan Rickman also plays the same character in every single movie, which is I am better than you at all times. Like he plays that same kind of English. Maybe it's the colonel in me that Um, loves that. I don't know. That absolutely is true. And I looked at him because he and he does dress well. And first of all, he kills the booby guy, which he deserved. That dude deserved to die early in that film. But um, I can see why you put him. I don't. I don't like him. Um, and but as I told anybody listened to, I believe it was Doctor Ty and the Colonel earlier. Um, plug was uh, I don't love the first. The first Die Hard is not my favorite, so I like you like three, where Jeremy which will make Irons a whole lot. plays his brother. Jeremy Irons is great, dude. In that movie, he is excellent. Well, even even I like his Jeremy, two I like Jeremy Irons is a better. Actor. Even Jeremy Irons' two consiglieries in that movie are great. The woman, and yeah, here's the thing hot, you have to remember: that hot chick that that murders people. Right. They great. are villains at the end of the day. They are. They're not good people. Yeah. But it's about what about them made me made them likable. So it's like the calmness, the you know, the plan, the the not giving a you know what the whole time that made me like Hans Gruber. All right, he is better than Gollum. I'll give you that. Oh, who would put Gollum on a list? <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a ba- there's All a right, baseline we're gonna for slide you. over here uh, to the devil's advocate number ten on Mathis' list, John Milton. I picked this one. And I, it, this is kind of my like obscure pick, but if you've seen The Devil's Advocate, which I understand is not a great, the last 15 minutes of that movie is the best part Agreed. of that entire film and probably makes saves the whole movie. But the fact that it's a, pl- I finally realized as I got older and took English 205 or whatever I had, that yeah, the fact that John Milton is a play on Paradise yeah. Lost, but Al, Al Pacino in that movie is so like, silky and cool about how he does things and it's very you know because he's playing that he's playing the father figure role to his son who is the anti is supposed to create the antichrist keanu reeves which underrated actor keanu reeves john wick is fantastic he's a good actor but uh, but he uh but in that movie pacino plays it so understated because he's playing the devil but he plays it so understated and you really i mean it's it's all the time he's just it's just kind of rolling along there and then at the end it's just that super insane like fire rage kind of thing which you're like that guy is so cool and that's why I that's what made me like him. No, I I actually love that movie. 
And that is a great pick. And Al Pacino is perfect in that. And it's one of those rare late Al Pacino roles where he's not just yelling and being crazy and being terrible. He's actually pretty good in that. Yes. You talk about somebody who has really kind of gone off the rails. Boy, Al Pacino is that is that is not that that career is not getting better with age. Well, he's got that new uh, series that he's a Nazi hunter in, and I'm going to give that a shot. I, I would like to give it. I heard it's real good. I've heard. I've heard. It's I did good too. too. I'm going to give it a shot, and maybe we can talk about that on one episode. All right. Speaking of shots, we're talking G5 on Mathis list. We're talking number nine, the greatest role Tom Cruise has ever played, Les Grossman, Tropic Thunder. Less, less gross, but man, you talk about G five airplane. You know he, the quotes in that thing, man. He's just like he's super in control. He's keeping the he's he's, ma- he's making these giant films, and he is also he's a terrible guy. He's willing to let Tug Speedman die, but other than that, like he he plays that with such conviction in that movie that you're like, man, that guy is a Hollywood mogul, and he would be super cool to be around, and that's. I, I, I like I thought for, and I'm like you I think it's probably his it's probably the most Tom Cruise has ever stretched for a movie. I think that's who Tom um, Cruise really is as a person. <laughs> yeah, I mean yourself, Tom. When, when he goes, I want you. Who here's a key oh. grip? I want you to punch him. Who's punch that director in the face? Punch him hard in the face. <laughs> Say this about Les, about Tom Cruise in that role too. You don't know it's Tom Cruise till about halfway through because they don't advertise that Tom Cruise is in the movie, and the first time you see it, you're like, man, I know that guy. Well. It might be the best cameo role. Well, hold on. I've For those seen. of us who don't have facial blindness, we recognize that it's Tom Cruise immediately. I did not. I'm going to be honest. About halfway through the movie, I said, "Holy crap!" This doesn't shock me at all. I will cite the Butch Davis incident <laughs> of 2012, which is a story. Which is a story for another day. Well, it's the hey, my favorite part of the Les costume though is the fact he's wearing that ring. Oh yes, that, uh, that like that that wedding ring he's got, but it's like the super thick gold wedding band, and he got his hands on like, everything about that character is hilarious. But also, you kind of like it. I mean, it's not you don't hate Les Grossman in that movie. All right. No, you especially when he hits the, the 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 ever infamous line of. Why don't you go F your <laughs> Take face. a step back like, from the phone and literally. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, we don't negotiate with terrorists yeah. and everyone flies. I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific thing you're trying to pull on me. <laughs> All right, let's slide over to Adam's list. Is this guy likable? I don't know. Captain Hook from Hook. Wow, good pick. Interesting well, okay, pick. here's why. All right, Robin Williams' son in the movie. He is likable to the son, and he's trying to like fill that role of like surrogate father. And there are some things about Hook you don't necessarily hate. Hook in that movie, he's super insecure. He in is, but movie, at times you find yourself disliking Pan more than you dislike Hook in the movie Hook. Okay. Oh, oh Robin Williams is extremely unlikable yes. in that movie. Extremely unlikable. And then and when he and when he and when Smee has to come through, which played by bob hoskins and that is he plays that role he really does and he also for some reason looks like phil collins to me in that role (laughs) (laughs) but like when he when he's having that and he's having like he's getting ready to kill himself he's like stop me stop it's i mean it's such a great movie man like it's it's a great and great job by and dustin hoffman you don't think about in that film. no and dustin hoffman plays a great villain and he never plays a villain dustin hoffman so you're saying me Rain Man was not a villain? <laughs> you, do you really want to do this right now? 
Qantas. All right. Qantas. Let's slide down to your number eight. We're we're back on Alan Rickman, Professor Snape. Snope. Whatever. I don't watch Harry Potter. You think Snape is likable? Snape ends up likable. He does at the end. My wife told me that. Oh, you gotta put you gotta put so much time in to get to like. Look, like my fiance ugh. is on that Harry Potter train. Personally, I, I stopped after the third book. I'm a Lord of the Rings man myself because I can actually read. <laughs> All right, but I'm basing it solely on movies. You, you, you like, also like imperialism. What? You also like imperialism oh, and Lord well, of the Rings. Yeah. All about that. We'll get into that at a later date. <laughs> but Snape becomes a likable character. He's a redemptive villain at the end, and he does villainous things throughout the movies. But at the end of the day, you like him. He saves. What, he saves he, Potter. He saves Potter. He, you know, he does the right thing. He did it for the right reasons. Yeah, you can. But the thing is, what I guess my definition of likable is different. My thing about likable is, do you enjoy? Do you th- once again? Do you think you would enjoy? Being around this is guy. not and which president would you have a beer with? This is likable villains. I, I understand. I guess my point is like, do do you enjoy? Here's the thing. Do you enjoy? All right, better better example. Do you enjoy watching Snape yes. on screen? See, I don't, and that's you I, also that, don't that like reading subtitles because it hurts your head. I don't. Li- I don't like Snape on screen because <laughs> I don't like Harry Potter. Let's move on to number eight for Mathis. That was a quick end of that debate. <laughs> Wow, mate. We, we, there will Y'all be no are going to go down a road that we're going to save for another episode. Hey, the, that movie made 50, those movies made $25 billion. Yeah, they're really <laughs> The only thing cool about Harry Potter is Universal Studios. The, the rides in the Harry Potter world. Sometimes wow. I forget you really are a redneck part of Pennsylvania, <laughs> and that's like what appeals you. I'm about, to, I'm about to say you are so you really are a redneck because like I sure do love the theme park. You go get down there and they'll sell you beer twenty five dollar bitch worth. Of <laughs> My wife likes Harry Potter, so it's on our TV, and I let it happen. I just text y'all about lists. Whoa, 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 what do you mean you let that, it happen? She lets you be in the house. <laughs> yeah, that ain't the first time you've ever said those words. <laughs> All right, number eight on Mathis list. <laughs> I have not seen these movies. Harley Quinn. Well, there's more than just in the movie. She's, I mean, it's, I, I kind of look at the, the whole character. Harley Quinn is, of course, Joker's girlfriend who originally starts out as a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and then she falls in love with him and she becomes evil. Now, they have taken a different take on her a little bit in the movies. Hey, real um, quick, can I ask where you a question? Go- Are you basing yes. a lot of this off that 90s animated Batman? I need to admit Batman was are, good. I'm still on board with you. Yeah, I I can go down with that. I yeah. thought you were talking movies specifically, not the character. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I like. I mean, I I actually think Margot Robbie does a pretty good job of, with doing with doing sh- that character in that movie. Yeah, I'm like looking at Margot Robbie. Um, and Su- <laughs> yeah, and Suicide Squad. But I mean, I think that overall, the idea of the character is, and and I know Jay, in the '90s, Batman the Batman animated series, she gets a little annoying. I agree. I understand what you're saying there. But um, I think that the whole idea of they've kind of strengthened her up a little bit where she doesn't just do whatever, you know, in the original thing, she just does whatever he says and he abuses her. Um, The Joker does. But they've kind of gotten her a little stronger here recently. And she's fun to watch and honestly fun to look at. But still, it's kind of a it's a it's interesting to watch her because she i like the joker doesn't have a reason for why she does it um you know she they do it to create havoc and so it's interesting the joy at which that character takes in doing those things is fun to watch and makes me want to know a fun fact 
the voice of the Joker in those 98s uh, Batman is uh, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself. What? I did. You know what? Hey, I knew that. You know how I know that? Because in The Flash, they go to the multiple universes, yeah. and I'm about to nerd out so hard here. And the 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 jokester is uh, played by Mark Hamill in one of those because he played the Joker in those movies. And they're kind of an homage. To uh, Mark Hamill actually might today. be the number two best Joker all time well, after the Dark Knight Joker. Uh, we can get into that th- debate later, fellas. All right. Number seven on Mathis' list. This, to me, is a top three likable villain of all time. And that's, listen, man, Tony Montana. Yeah, Tony Montana, man. I think, and and, and the hard part for him is I had, I went back and forth here because he's a, of the guys I picked, he's a bad guy. Like, he doesn't do a lot of redemptive things in those movies, in that movie. But he still does he still you like because you want to you don't want to be him in the drug lord but you want to be his you want to have his success and power well the opulence you want the fact that he really like like he came over he's an immigrant he wanted to have those things and he wanted the money and he wanted all those things and he got everything he wanted um he overdoes it obviously because the best scene of it one of the best scenes in film is when he drops his head into that big pile of that mountain of cocaine um and comes up and it's stuck to his face and a lot of good things in that movie from Pacino, but you know, like I said, likable because you you actually root for him to win as bad as a character as he is. You would really like because Sosa's bad too. <clears throat> yeah, everybody in that film. There's no there's no redeeming Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe not one <laughs> single person. No, she's coked up and yeah. it's weird and. Yeah, she's coked herself out to the point she can't have children. So you don't feel good for her either. I mean, it's there's there, that hey, movie is one of the few movies in the world. Where there's nobody. You nobody know who the good likes. character is? It's Tony's sister. No, she's not. Yeah, how was? I, she's yeah. the most of all. They're of them. all. They all deserve to die. She doesn't die though. Just <laughs> yes, she does. does yes, she? she does. I thought he just killed the, the assassin brother. comes in from behind the window, and I don't even love Scarface like that, and I know that. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Speaking of assassins. This guy was trying to assassinate an entire city. When I saw this on the list, I wanted to punch a hole through the wall because I was so excited to talk about it. Frank Hummel, The Rock. Ed Harris's character, Frank Hummel, The Rock, is leader of a Marine Corps who dem- who holds Alcatraz hostage with, with the special chemical weapons in exchange to get money for the families of soldiers in his unit who died in covert operations. And that makes him an incredibly likable character. Yes. You're like, yes, he's a villain. Yes, he's doing an evil thing. But is it not for a good reason? Yeah, he, uh, and, and it, the, you know, it's funny. And he really wasn't willing to kill him. And you know what? Maybe Frank Hummel should be higher on my list in, in likable villains. But yeah. he's definitely got to be a top 10 likable villain. Yeah, exactly. Because remember, he remember you that great shot of that uh, rocket heading towards Candlestick Park and then it, like veers off because he pulls it off late, um, you know. He, like he, he's, it's all a bluff and that whole thing, man. Like it's, it's a like that's a good, that's an excellent pick. And I never, I I love that, that movie, movie. By the way, I think that movie. Anything underrated. Sean Connery's in, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. That's fine. Highlander, turn it on. You watched, you, you watched Entrapment. <laughs> oh, I so watched Entrapment. I've seen the Highlander. I'm like, kill the Kurgan, do it. <laughs> <laughs> S- 
Speaking of likable villains and entrapment, Sean Connery would probably count as a likable villain in that movie too. Sean Connery's really just in the background pretending to be from a country that's not Scotland. He's like, I'm from Spain and everyone knows. <laughs> talking in a Scottish accent and you're just like, yeah, man, he's from Spain. Sign me up. I mean, he's... Yeah. Sean Connery Sean Connery does not do accents. He does the he I talk in my regular voice. Yeah, he plays the, he plays the Russian in, in Red October. Like he's like, yeah, he's like for the glorious motherland. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, Moscow. Well, also the fact that they always they always feel the need to have like a exposition to explain. Like he's a Scottish national that came over to Russia to be to explain yeah. the accent because you have to have right, you know line. some team of writers was like, How do we explain Sean Connery's voice? Because they've already signed him to this picture. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Adam's number six. We're going to see later on Mathis list. So we're going to, and that's the only crossover tonight. So let's slide over to Mathis number six before we get a word from our sponsor. Mathis number six, we had to do some clarification on it earlier because we had a name mix up. But after we read Ezekiel 25 17, we figured out his number six was Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. I thought about putting Jules on my list, dude, because Jules is technically a villain. Dude, J- Jules is a villain. For he, I mean, let's be real. Like, I mean, he they blow that dude's head off, and he mu- he murders yeah. multiple people. He stole like, from I mean, Marcellus he, Wallace. Can you blame him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not. But, but he he is such he and it was funny, he has that redemptive time too because when the bullet misses him and they go into the diner, you know, he won't let him take he won't let him take that right take the briefcase. And his whole thing is, and he he's like, you know, any other day I would have blown y'all both away, but this is my you know, and he. The, I'm telling you that biblical quote, and I shall rain down fire my vengeance upon like that is one of the coolest moments in cinema. Um, you know, I just I loved that movie, and I love him in that. It movie. made Samuel um, Jackson's think, career. Yes, it, it launched him yeah. onto everything he's done from there. He, he he's yeah, perfect. It, it's in that role. He's it's it's a perfect casting and well in Tarantino well-written character because it's, they're not no, and Tarantino writes you know, certain roles for Samuel L. Jackson because he thinks about him as a character because he's a regular in a lot of his movies and that's the best role he's done for Tarantino and he's done a lot I don't of know, Kill Bill yeah I, 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 Jackie Brown yep, Jackie I like Brown. Uh, I like I liked him in Jackie Brown now Jackie Brown you know and Tarantino film. Pulp Fiction um, is the top 10 film of all time if we did a list on that 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 would be on it no doubt I'd put it on mine yeah, I've not seen the new Tarantino film yet, though. I got to check it out. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Apparently, that's excellent. So he was uh, Samuel Jackson yeah, was great in the Hateful Eight. Oh, there you go, Hateful Eight. Yeah, I love, I love, I love Hateful Eight. And love Hateful he Eight. was great in Django. Django is an awesome movie, yes. but it's not one of those movies I can sit down on a Saturday and be like, "Oh boy, Django!" No, no, no. It's a little a, heavy. Yeah, it is. It's a little heavy. You're yes. right. Yeah, Django is probably my least favorite Tarantino movie. Beyond wow, I just it's not my. It's just not, it's just not my, I, I don't, I think it tells less of a story. And honestly, I feel like, I hate to say all of them are exploited, but I just feel like Django is my lead. It's just my least favorite. I like all, I like it. It's not my, it's not as good as the Kill Bills or uh, it's, Jackie Brown's number one for me. But, and also Res Dogs doesn't get true. Res Dogs is great, yep. but that's yep. neither here nor there. So anyways, uh, before we move on with the list um, into our top fives, we're going to get a quick word from Anchor, who is our sponsor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Perlo Podcast. We are here. We are talking top 10 likable villains of all time. Mathis and Adam have gone through their 
uh, 10 through 6. Adam's number 6. We'll see later on Mathis' list, so we will wait to talk about that one. But let's get right back to it. Number 5 on Mathis' list. First rule about number 5 on Mathis' list is you don't talk about number 5 on Mathis' list. Tyler Durden. Dude, Tyler Durden, man. Like I said, you, first rule, you do not talk about him. But how cool is Brad Pitt in that movie? And Ed Norton, when you find out that he actually, spoilers, is Tyler Durden, and Brad Pitt is a figment of his imagination. Um, but he Brad Ty, Brad Pitt's version is so cool, man. Just he he is a whole like you know exposition on our times and you know how men have become less of men and all this deal, and then they just proceed. To, he proceeds to start beating people up and getting beat up and. The kind of gr- that's that's still kind of grungy, cut up Brad Pitt, which you don't see as much anymore in movies. Um, but I I love that character. I love that movie, and he's he's a bad guy because he's going to blow up the world, um, blow up all the credit agencies, and kill a lot of people in the process. But you know he's making soap and selling fat people their you know bellies back to them through that way. And I I love him in that movie. Yeah, Tyler Durden's an excellent villain in that movie, and you don't really realize he's a villain until the end, like a true villain until the end of the movie, but it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic, fantastic film. A great choice. So, sliding over to Adam's list, number five on his, uh, representing New York City, Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher, Gangs of New York, Daniel Day-Lewis, is an amazing villain. What, what a great what a great We just talked movie. about two of the top five greatest male actors of all time in back-to-back. Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> as Bill the Butcher <laughs> is so freaking good and he is sinister and evil but you like him something about him you like him because he's yeah. cool like when he when he walks around he goes you're under my protection the five points and that whole thing he does the he names the neighborhood and then closes and i, I make their five fingers i close to make a fist like it's just so again he's powerful like even in even though you know it's a movie that's a powerful guy in a film yeah i mean he's like truly like true power over the community and feared and he senses the assassination plots against him and he's just he's a badass character you know and my wife and i went to new york city for like a quick weekend trip last year and i made it a point to go to the five points because of that movie and you know what's funny you don't really you really don't want him to die in that movie either like even though you really want you know leonardo dicaprio and that is the hero of that film you don't really wish ill upon the butcher because why is he, why should he, the whole thing is he is going to die because he killed another gang member. It wasn't like he, you know, harmed the, harmed the innocent dude was like, they had a gang fight. He cut up Liam Neeson who later goes on to save his daughter in a very terrible way in a billion different movies. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's, I, I, that's a good, that's a very good, I love that movie. And he, again, Great pick, great and you know, yep. great character. All right, is his number four equally a great character? We're talking Deadwood. Is that right? We're talking Deadwood here. Yeah. Al Swearingen. Al Swearingen by Ian McShane. How good is Ian McShane? Is he holds actor? the record for most Dude, swear that... words in a movie. But Ian McShane is an amazing actor. Uh, if <laughs> if you haven't seen American Gods, where he plays uh, Mr. Wednesday, Odin. None of y'all know that. <laughs> No, I watched America. I, bro, I read, I read American, American Gods, Gods too. I After love- I read it and I watched it, I was like, "He's perfect." But 
Yeah, he yeah, he yeah, he's he he's a he's a great actor and and that see I was not a huge I watched a couple Deadwood episodes. I didn't watch see, the whole series, but I mean he's I, such a POS in Deadwood, but he has this heart at the end of the day that makes you like him and he's just a cool bad character. <laughs> I, well, I remember what Deadwood was like I didn't know Cowboys curse like that. <laughs> yeah, and here's the here's the thing. They made Annie Oakley like mentally handicapped in Deadwood. <laughs> so my sister and I didn't watch Deadwood when it was on TV. So like about two years ago, we were both watching it separately. And one night randomly, we started texting. Hey, did you do you think they're playing Annie Oakley as like mentally handicapped? She's like, oh, my God, I've been thinking about it for a week. <laughs> oh, my. So let's slide over to Mathis number four. This is where the crossover happens. And what I'm really excited about this crossover is I'm excited to see which specific character they're talking about when they say the Joker. You go first. Because there's three great Jokers, four if you count the um, if you count the Mark Hamill version. Which Joker am I doing? Is the yeah, Joker in general or a specific Joker? See, I I did the Dark Knight Joker, but I can also make an argument for Jack Nichol- Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I like. Have, have you seen the? Have you seen uh not Dark Knight Returns? It's uh. Dark, yeah, it's Dark Knight Returns, the one, the one they did the cartoon of, um, where it's like the big, it's the big book that Frank Miller. Yeah, did. I know the one. I read the Frank Miller book. Yeah, the, yeah, where he where he does the, where like at the at the end is when the Joker act when Batman actually the kills joke. the Joker. There you go. Yeah, that that those are that's a separate one because the Killing Joke is the one where he actually kill, take, takes Commissioner Gordon. You found the backstory, but this is the one where he actually breaks his own neck. Um, oh, I know the one you're which, talking about. I just can't think of the name. Yeah, he um they did a they did actually an animated version of that one, and that's my favorite because he's kind of broken at the beginning of it, and then he kind of builds himself back up to being the Joker. But the character in general is my even and I and I'm you're right the dark the one from the, the Heath Ledger version is the best one, but I, I honestly like the whole idea of it because the thing about the Joker is different. Than everybody else, he is not doing this for financial gain. He's not doing this for some grand, you know, make me a star. He wants to, as they say in the movie, he wants to see the world burn. That's his whole thing. He wasn't hurt somewhere else. He is just the exact opposite of Batman. And he is just wants to see havoc. And it's fun watching him do it. And you think, man, if you could just cut it loose, you know, how cool would that be? I actually like the Joaquin Phoenix version of the Joker probably the least because i think it's takes some of the it joy definitely takes out of all the, the joy out of the joker that movie it, disturbed me yes and i know it's supposed it to, was it disturbed me. you left that theater like what did i just see no it's a it's a bizarre and unsettling movie and it's and and was the part part of me too it doesn't really follow the mythology but, of the joker like it, it wasn't a joker it movie go with the comic like you know, you know what i mean yeah it, it, it's not. It's really. It was basically. T- they did Taxi Driver with. Yeah. If, with if they don't call it the Joker and they take the the paint off his face, does it? Is it, it's an indie film? You know what I mean? It's not a, a best selling or a, 
box office hit. Yeah, and I know it made a million. I know it made a million a billion dollars, but still, it's just it's just not my favorite version of the Joker. I think Heath Ledger did it probably better than Agreed. anybody because th- there was a reason behind it, and but you couldn't trust him. It was an unreliable narrator because you don't really know why he's got yeah. those scars because he tells five different yes. stories to it. But that's you don't the point, know, you know. Yeah. So, all right, now. Let's keep going on Mathis' list. I love this pick too. I, you know, very likable, um, a top five show of all time for me. Um, this villain, Boyd Crowder, justified. <laughs> Boyd Crowder is a great. I love one. it. I love hey, it. Bo- Tell me, he is just not like I, I want to grow up to be Boyd Crowder in that sense of he's out. He now he kind of at the very end of Justified, he becomes kind of a prick. But like early, he's just he's smooth. He's hyperverbal. He's smart. That's the thing about him is he is yes. so smart in that film. Now, granted, he's kind of like Wally Coyote because he always his schemes never work out. That's a great like, comparison. He's yeah, but he's like he's so smooth. Walter Doggins feel, is an amazing actor. Oh yes, <laughs> Baby Billy. Yeah, he, he Uncle Baby Billy. He's Lee Russell in Vice Principal. Oh. He's in The Hateful Eight. Yep. Hey. And let's not forget DT Downtown. Anderson oh my gosh, that's leader. right! Holy crap! That's what you brought that out of left field. <laughs> it was filmed in Charleston, but um, like is that whole? He is great in that. He's great in that role, and he plays so well off of Tilly, Timothy yeah. Oliphant. Like they, they that yin and yang. Because here's the thing: they're not you know that Boyd Crowder early, like before he recovers from getting shot by Oliphant. Not a good Boyd Crowder, but when he comes back and it's like the no, mid- he's a white supremacist. Yeah, the middle seasons Boyd Crowder, very solid, and like you said at the end, complete change. Yeah, and, and things the second seat, the, the the beginning of the season where he where he's like you know born again, and again Boyd Crowder unreliable. You cannot trust that he is ever who he says he is because he goes and make because you know he helps he helps Raylan get away that one time from his dad and they kill his father. But then he turns back around, and now he's running. You know, he's running meth up and down yeah. the road. You know, just it's it's a it's an and he helps the the mine workers. You know what I mean? Just yeah, but he said, but he takes yeah. his cut. You know, he makes sure he gets his yeah. money out of the deal. But you do, I will say this: you do feel like almost kind of like the guy in Daredevil, uh, Wilson Fisk. You do feel like though his love for that for Ava and that is kind of like his redeeming quality. You really like he's always cares about her well being, um, and so that's what kind of humanizes him and makes him even makes him really likable. But I think this point the writing on that show is underrated. Like I think they write him so well. Yeah, I, I think can, Justified yeah. overall is an underrated show. I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, I don't I'd think agree. it was appreciated enough in its time. Yep, exactly right. And, and Pat Oswald plays a chunky cop constable in it. And guess what? <laughs> he plays a chunky constable that actually fits in well with the show. Yes, he does. Which, if you would have said Pat Oswalt's unjustified, like that's stupid. But then you watch it, you're like, it works, All right? Yep. Number three on Adam's list: X Men here, Magneto. Magneto, yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's an interesting pick because now I like the Ian McKellen version. I actually like the uh, the one in the new class. I like, yeah, I like Fastbender. I think he's good. I think they're good at it. Fastbender makes him more sympathetic. He I does. think. I think. The thing because that makes him sympathetic is that he is a child of the Holocaust. 
because he yeah. is ethnically Jewish, even though he's also a mutant. And you start to understand mm. a little bit more about why he is the way he is, that it's never again am I going to let something like this happen to my kind. Yeah. And, and, you're, you're, and he's exactly... He has some feelings that it's the us versus... He really solidifies that us versus them mentality. But you understand why it's the us versus them. Like the normals have done this and we're on the next stage of evolution. And why should I hide my, why should I hide my gifts? to make It's always feel the, the comparison Which, they always yeah. do about X-Men is that uh, professor X is Martin Luther King and that Magneto is Malcolm X. Interesting. That's really good. Yeah. That's and really that, you know, good. he's that, you know, like we, we can't wait for people to accept us because if we do that, they're never going to accept us. Wow. That's an interesting. That's a, that's a. I've never heard that. But it yeah, because one's a pacifist and the other's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, demanding mm-hmm. rights. You know, demanding equality. Those types of things. Wow, is this is this a W. E. B. Du Bois Booker T. Washington comparison too? Uh, you could maybe throw that one in there too. Talented tenth versus you know equality now. Yeah. Wow. We just went down a road there, boys. Let's go down another one. Let's talk Star Wars likable villain number two on Adam's list. Dark really? is how Vader. and I breathe at night. Don't make fun of that. <laughs> you about to say, first of all, I, I, I'm sitting on my machine right now. That thing saved your life. But um, I, I, I'll tell you, man, that's I don't find. Hold Darth on, Vader. I, I put original trilogy on my notes because God knows what happened in the prequels. <laughs> the third prequel's good. Yo, yeah, it is, but even then, like, the... all of them are just like... First oh, two God. suck. Hayden Christensen, it ruined re- his career, and How... he deserved to have it ruin his career. Do, do, do you go to bed every night just cursing George Lucas? You took away my... No, every now and then at, was... at 3 a.m., I'll wake up and I'll just yell, Christensen! And, you know. <laughs> have you seen the People versus George Lucas no, yet? Oh, it's a documentary where the base they go through and they just excoriate him. It's well, amazing. You know, much, Star Wars like Game of Thrones, but I didn't love how it did it. At the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It was a TV show. It's a movie. I'm letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain to me why you think Darth... I do not find... You find Darth Vader... He is a redemptive character. And he's badass. Oh, no, he's a great... Vi- no, for a great villain. I just don't find him some... I just don't find him like in the sense of like, I don't... Your likable and my feel- likable are different. Your likable is, who's going to have no. a beer with me in the corner? And my <laughs> likable is, who is an interesting character that has redemptive qualities to him and maybe you understand why they were bad. Well, I guess I'm thinking like first, the first movie, he's not redemptive no. at all. As it moves film. forward, though, you start to see. Yeah, I would say he's not even real redemptive in the second film. Like he doesn't get redemptive until Return yeah. of the Jedi. No, Empire is a great right. movie though because the bad guys win. Empire is the best one yes. of the trilogy. Yeah, there's no question. Yes. Yeah, by far, Empire and is the best. It's probably the best of the of the nine, but it's not the best of the entire Star Wars universe. Well, I love the new movies, but let's be honest, they're fan films that somebody spent. Two they are. Well, the first like, one was a fan film, and then they <laughs> made that second one, and they wrote themselves in the corner, and then they made that piece of crap. Oh my god! But I, 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 I think Rogue that's what I was getting ready to say. Rogue One's Rogue the best one's of yeah, the Rogue, Star Wars Rogue film. One, Rogue One's not that new trilogy. That third right. movie in that new trilogy, you're, you, I left that theater. I was like, damn, that was a waste of a lot yeah. of my life. Right, yeah. Rogue One is really like 3.5. Yes, yes, is really exactly. What it is. 
Yeah. It's and it's beautiful. And Mandalorian. My lord, that's Oh, cool. Mandalorian's great. See, I can't wait for the well second season. The guy who made Iron Man does the Mandalorian. Oh. Uh, and John Favreau's the director. John Favreau, who played the Favreau? crazy linebacker in the replacement. <laughs> yeah. And and the husband in I Love You, Man. And the husband. Also, if you hadn't seen Chef, John Favreau's Chef great is now. good. And the reason I like Chef is because there's food. <laughs> All right, let's slide over to Mathis list. Mathis number two. I gotta I gotta watch this show and with the quarantine, maybe I'll find time. Blacklist character Raymond Reddington. Jane, do you, do, Adam, do you watch? No, Blacklist? I'm not a 40 year old divorcee. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm telling you, hey, I, you, I would think, I know people think that I'm telling you, James Spader in that movie is so cool. The hats and the he plays a spot. He's a former spot, a double agent that's turned around, is twist and turned. And I, I'm telling you, man, it is a, it's an action movie that they do on long form. It could be a Netflix series. Like it's that level good, um, and he is great in it. He is absolutely just because he, he's bad. He kills a lot of people, but he's always doing it for his, you know, the one with the girl you think is gonna his daughter, but then she says he's not, but then it is. It's back and forth, but he is, you know, loves. He's a redemptive character because he's he's trying to do what's best for his people, um, and not be greedy at the time. But yet, it's it's always. The, to me, the best likable villains are the ones that aren't stressed the whole entire time. They're ne- it's they're always in control and they're always kind of just, you know, they're letting it slide by and it's going to all work out in the end. And that's kind of what he is in that in that show. Well, I'll I say this. comment on the blacklist because I haven't seen it, but apparently you and the other cat moms are watching it. <laughs> on forever. Well, let me say this about something say, Matthew hey, said that I found strikingly important. He said it's a good enough show to be a Netflix series. This is a moment, fellas. This is a moment in history where no longer are we looking towards network television or premium cable for these series. It's now streaming services that come out with the best stuff. Yeah, because they, they, think... they'll leave a show alone regardless of whether or not millions of people are watching it. If they have a vocal enough fan base, they'll leave the show on. Yeah, they also don't have the need to play to middle America. They don't have to play, like, because they don't need, they've already got their money, so they don't have to play to demographics, so they can put it on. And it doesn't really, it costs them server space. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to, it, they don't have to keep selling that show over and over again, and they don't have to worry about repeats, because that's not what, the, you know, the problem with a lot of NBC, ABC, CBS shows are, you're working for the syndication yep. on the back end, and you're not doing that. And they're not that fighting space. For, the other thing is, they're not fighting for advertising money. Yes. Yeah. They don't care who they piss off because, once again, they already have subscriber fees. My problem with Netflix and Hulu, and this is a completely separate subject, is what do you do because none of them have turned a profit? Not one. If you look at what like the money they spent versus the money they made, the only thing they've done, their stock price is high. But as we found out with other stock prices is, is that real money or is that an inflated price? What somebody's willing to buy it when it's time to sell it and buy it. Eventually, Netflix is going to have to go up on subscription fees or else you're going to be short in the back. Wow. Okay. Econ 101. (laughs) We just got it there. So um, speaking of Econ 101, this man taught us a lot about economics. We're going to we're going to slide over to Adam's list because I think Mathis, Mathis, number one, is the best answer of the entire night. Adam's number one is probably the (laughs) correct answer. And this man taught us a lot about economics. He taught us a lot about 
uh, family loyalty, and he also taught us a lot about dealing drugs. Mostly His, chemistry. Uh, and chemistry. Number one, Walter White. All right. Heisenberg. Good pick. I'm one of those weirdos that when Breaking Bad first came on, I was like, oh, crap, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle has a TV show. I'm going to watch <laughs> that because I loved Malcolm in the Middle. And I was like, Hal from Malcolm in the Middle is in a show. Let's do this. He, the first season, he is not a villain. Correct. But as the series goes on, he is the biggest villain, having people murdered, you know, killing a child, poisoning a child, you know, all these things. And you still want him to get away with it by the end of it. He turns when he lets Jesse's yeah. girlfriend die. Yes. And you still want yeah, him that, to win. Yeah. That first, I'll be honest, that when I watched the first episode of that, I said, this ain't going to make it. No, like, I'll, be like, I, it, I'll be honest with you. The, the first yeah. season was hard to get through, but I stuck with it. He's he seems so unlikely. He, he seems so like uncool in that first when he when he's being when they were setting the scene of him being the science teacher. <laughs> you know, it just you didn't. He wasn't a super. He just wasn't a cool. He he definitely would not be qualified as likable. But then as it goes on, he becomes just this I think, beast. I think the like, creator described uh, him as he wanted to turn Mister Rogers into Scarface. Okay, well, success. yeah, and mission. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. And the bald head one is when he becomes yeah. the shaved head guy. When he becomes Heisenberg, say yeah. my name. And also, also <laughs> the least likable hero of any show of all time, Skylar. Yes, and, and people hated Skylar, and she's the one who wants him to like stop doing this. Yeah, she is the worst on that show. And people hate her. Yeah. So he, he's he's a good he's a good enough villain. To launch another yeah. show, because Better Call Saul—that's a good show. I mean, like that show. That if he was not as good, they would he wouldn't. Better it Call Saul's in his fifth season. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's Walter White again. Probably the correct answer, but Mathis, I think, has the best answer. Mathis, go ahead. Bodhisattva, Bodhi Woo! from Point Break. Oh, that is a good one. Tell me there's ever been a cooler character than that. Patrick Swayze or Bodie? Because both are the answer. The, I think it, it was it, Bodie because it's not, first of all, this is not. Really oh, what a great movie. This is, hey, this is like stubble on the face, wetsuit, like dude, like surfer guy, um, you know, jumps out of airplanes, fights for the right to be free, you know, guy. Like this is, that's that. Dead president. I, I loved him. Yeah, I, I'd say he was – he plays him well, too, because he plays him as kind of a Zen master. And even when he's doing horrible things, you really don't – you really like him. You want – you get why he's doing it. He's get, they're doing it for the endless summer to chase their dreams and to do something to get away from society and be their own person and live with the nature thing, you know. And then he even goes out on his sword. You know, he goes out on that – goes out – The Australian ways. Yeah, and Keanu walks. He ain't coming yep. back. You know, it's, it's. I'll be honest with you. Also, and I cannot think of the guy, the the actor's name, but I watched the new Point Break that everybody else gave crap. Bro, to, I need I to see it. it. And I thought, and I thought, it, I'll tell you this: it if you like like that kind of extreme sport photography, because they get some great. It's amazing some of the angles they get. Um, it's a fun movie, and Bodie in that one is played very well. It's played by the guy who was in Domino. Um, if you the 
one of the have you not seen no. Domino? No. With oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. It's is an Argentinian actor who's great. I cannot think of his name right now. I'll find it later. But anyway, it's but it's the same kind of deal of we're trying to live in harmony with nature and you know these people, this these banks and stuff. They're you know we're using that as a plot to get through our to, to chase this dream. And so I like I said I think he's I think it's a cool guy. I think he's likable. Nobody you've ever meet has ever rooted against Bodie. No, the, and the ending is amazing. What does he say? If you want to, if you want the ultimate prize, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price or something like that. He's yeah. a, it's it's. Fan. Although I hate Lori, I hate Lori Petty in that movie. <laughs> I can't stand him in that movie. I, it's I, I'm so against it. But I tell you who's great in that movie though, Gary Busey, oh. old old crazy eyes himself. Is Busey good is fantastic. Film. You know, Hold on. Busey, do you know Busey <laughs> played Paul Bear Bryant in the movie? What, what movie is that? And where I think I it's called. It? Hold on, I got my computer here. I can oh, find the name. Hold on now. Um, better, better. Uh, Keanu Reeves, cop sidekick, Busey, or Jeff Daniels and Speed. Mm. Mm. Okay, so the Busey movie's called Bear because this is more important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it's got Gary Busey as Paul Bear Bryant. He's wearing the hat, everything. Beautiful. Uh, that I'm, I need to look that up. That's amazing. Um, all right, so let's do a quick wrap up. The most notable omission we probably would say would be Alonzo Harris, the detective Alonzo Harris from uh, Training Day. Uh, Adams number one is Walter White, who is again, like I said, the correct answer. And Mathis number one is the best answer, and that's Bodie from Point Break. So great job, fellas. Very, very, very fun topic. All right. Hold on. All right. So our next episode of Perlo Podcast will come to you this weekend. We're trying to we're pumping out two a week for quarantine content for you. Um, that topic will be discussed and released in the next couple of days with our famous listers. Because right. you know, because you know what you want during this time of uncertainty. You want to hear some friendly voices discussing some lists. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. Our lists are great because now there's somebody out there who, who listens to this in, in Iran who said, I've never seen The Rock, and they're going to go check out Frank Hummel. Well, then they, but then the problem is they get checked, they get tracked down by the Ayatollah, and then like suddenly we're responsible for a beheading, and that's not cool. That's the opposite <laughs> of what I want to accomplish with this. Odds that, odds that Mathis becomes the Ayatollah of Iran in 20 years because of this podcast. I'm too He's pale, man. For it. You're going to be like, you're going you're gonna to be the simple Jack of, of Laos. First of, all, do you, first of all, let's be real. I'd disappear like a dang on vampire getting hit with silver if I hit the desert. I'm so white. Right what? Now, it's unreal. Did we ever send Mathis to any country, not the United States, where he wouldn't stand out like a sore thumb? Ireland. American I'll, Samoa. I'll do well in Ireland. You would you would play in American Samoa, and I think you would play in Norway. I think yeah, Norway. Some sort of frost giant that escaped. Sweden, he'd be a metalopolis. The, the, the problem right. with the problem with Norway is is my I don't have I have redneck facial hair like I can't grow it all the way down. That's okay because like, they would just think you're into Norwegian black metal and you want to burn a church. Or something. This is the <laughs> this is this is the Viking. <laughs> And this is our friend Mathis, and he is here to sing rock songs with us. <laughs> Mathis is a very Scandinavian name. Do, do us. 
It, it is I, the name of someone who's in a band that's name is like Unger or something. Like that. All right, Matt, Mathis, give us a Warzone update. I can't wait for this. Oh, don't give us an update. I'll, well, I'll, first of all, let's let's get the most important thing out there. First of all, I am pulling away at 19 victories. I'm close to 20 right now. It, it's really um, bad. Yeah, and then, and then in second place, silver medalist, the Swamp Fox himself, Shane. At twelve, he's link. He is extending his victory. He's he's going farther. He's pulling away from Adam. Adam, you should drop your head in shame with your ten victories. Well, can I say this first? Sure. I I have my ceremonial daggers ready, <laughs> and I'll be live streaming this on my Instagram. So <laughs> if anyone um, wants to see it. Yeah, For anyone out there wondering, there's a confusion now about Warzone. I think this is a confusion with your cousin, Mathis. I may not be I may be wrong, but the new Call of Duty game is called Warzone. So we're not playing that, guys. We're playing the OG Warzone, the one on your iPhone that you can download. We're playing play. Nerd Risk on our iPhones. That's yeah, that's it's, yeah. If if that is the case, I'm sorry that you think that people would want to play such a, you know, trendy game you know go old school come be hipsters with us and play you know nerd risk which is which is such a great name for that what we're playing um because it's it's honestly like an atari game is what we're basically doing it here's is our, here's our numbers and we get to take over something that kind of looks like turkey and then uh <laughs> yeah don't central, central kazakhstan also do you love the fact you get nothing you gain nothing by taking japan Basically, that this is a Japan, cool. Korea are terrible. <laughs> Australia really gets nobody wants Australia. Nobody. No, that's a that's a trap. Yeah, absolutely. And so is so is Canada. They're both traps. Dog, you think you want Canada, and you really don't want Canada. <laughs> yeah, because it takes you eight moves to claim it. And by the all time right? that's happened, well, your bones. And th- yeah, and then, you, and then you have to pay for all that health care, and that's also. <laughs> a problem. I do love poutine. <laughs> oh man, poutine! They have it at McDonald's there. If you want to contact us, you want to. Tell us what your number one most likable character is. You want to tell us how bad um, uh, adding John Milton or any uh, Alan Rickman character was to this. Uh, feel free to email us at perlopodcast, P-E-R-L-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? Perlo underscore podcast. You can check us out there. You can listen to our sister show. There it is. There's the plug, boys. The sister show. Dr. Ty and the Colonel, they drop they drop uh, content once a week where they just complain about things. It's really oh, we'll be dropping one later I, this I, week, I, around Thursday or Friday. I, I got I got a good I got a good one this week too. There's a there's a solid I got good and hacked off today. Well, seeing as <laughs> I've been in quarantine for oh, I don't know, a full month now. <laughs> the only things that are really hacking me off are Mrs. the Colonel and my dog. So <laughs> Yeah, you're having to dig deep, man. Well yeah. all right. And um, again, contact us. Give us list ideas. I got another list idea today. I thought was really good um, from from a random listener. Uh, you know, we love that stuff. So we we thank you for tuning in. We uh, appreciate it. We hope that you and your family are safe from uh, whatever you want to call this current pandemic: coronavirus, Chinese virus, COVID nineteen, SARS CoV two. I don't care. It's all the same thing. Just make sure that you know everyone is uh, alone together. Uh, as we say, let's let's stop the spread of this thing so we can have football season, folks. That is right, and that is a big thing we want. We all want football season.
Yeah, we, yeah. We, we can we can live along. We can get along with a lot of stuff. We can lose baseball. Nobody cares about nobody playing baseball. But I'm telling you what, you you kick it on. You don't let them boys kick it off in early September. It's going to be a thing. And, yeah, and, and, and here's one more thing I do want to put out to our listeners. Our live broadcast or our stream of the movie Wanted is coming somewhere <laughs> down the road. We that might be this weekend. That might be what we do this weekend. Oh, we! Uh, I, I'm so excited. I, oh God, that 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 gets me through to the next level right now. We might record us watching the movie Zoom, and it'll be long. I mean, not on Zoom. We might Zoom and show our screen of all of us watching the movie Wanted, where you can see how angry my fat, terrible beard <laughs> face is at the movie. And the best part is it'll be silent because you got to for us to talk about it. We have to have it with subtitles, which means I'll also be angry because there'll be subtitles. Yeah, and I will be wearing read. and I'll be wearing an N95 mask. Um, <laughs> so thanks again for listening. We hope you tune tune in again. We have a, we have a great Wednesday. We will look to, uh, to see you again this weekend on Perlo Podcast Top Ten List from the South Carolina Low Country. Stay safe. That was the portion of the show where Shane has a stroke. <laughs>